For this episode, I have used my personal memories and genealogy research, as well as the memories of many other family members. Thanksgiving is upon us, a time of year to delight in our bounties and be grateful for what the year has denied and granted us. Julia Child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people. I couldn't agree more. I'm Haley Forney, and you're listening to Best People, the podcast. This time of year always reminds me of my grandmother, Ruth Mildred Vaughn Connor. And at our house, we call Thanksgiving the Ruth Connor Memorial Dinner. Or at least, I call it that. I know that everyone thinks that their mother or grandmother was the best cook. But mine actually was. She was an amazing home cook and a great hostess, and she loved to entertain in her home. My love of food and good company truly stems from her. Ruth was born in Fountain County, Indiana on November 13, 1915. I never really knew her family story. They were poor, and my grandmother didn't want me to pity her youth, and I think that some might construe this as pride, but she was really trying to spare my feelings. She knew that I was a sensitive child, and she didn't want to cause me any pain by telling me scary stories from her past. For some, an impoverished youth can derail them and cause cyclical poverty, but luckily for me, my grandmother broke the cycle. She worked from the time she was 13. Or I guess she was 11, but her family said that she was 13 so that she could take on a job. It wasn't until she had to get a social security card that she actually knew what year she was born. And even then, the year 1915 was based on the memories of her siblings because she was born at home and there was no birth certificates. So, she could have been born anywhere between 1913 to 1916, and when I was looking through census records, the census said that she was born anywhere from 1914 to 1916. (laughs) So, who knows? She only attended school through the 8th grade, and though this was common uh, in those days for working-class people, I've always wondered what she would have become if she had been given more opportunities and education. Look out, Martha Stewart! In her late teens, she was working as a maid and nanny for the Olmsted family. The Olmsteads lived a very rich lifestyle compared to what my grandmother was accustomed to. It was really Mrs. Olmsted that taught Ruth how to properly set a table, the importance of fine china, and how to entertain. It was around this time that she met my grandfather, William Bill Francis Connor. They fell in love and had to get married in secret because it was not appropriate in those days for a married woman to be a nanny. Ruth and Bill eloped to Paris, Illinois. They were married in the courthouse there. It was in 1934, and Ruth was 19 years old. After leaving the Olmsteads, she worked at the cosmetics counter at Walgreens, and even though she didn't have much money, she managed to save enough to buy Lennox bone china and real silverware. And when she passed away, my Aunt Janet, who also loves to entertain in her home, inherited the china, and my Aunt Catherine, also an amazing home cook, inherited the silverware. By 1940, my grandparents had settled into 606 Sheridan Street in Danville, Illinois, the same street that my grandfather had lived on while growing up. 
the same street that his family still resided on, Sheridan Street was the epicenter of the Connor family universe. My grandfather had 11 siblings, and they were constantly buzzing around the family homestead, 604 Sheridan. My grandparents would later buy 600 Sheridan Street, and this is where they would raise their family. The malnutrition of my grandmother's impoverished childhood had made having children difficult for her. She was unable to get pregnant until the 1950s, when fertility drugs were invented. Because she had no children of her own for the first 17 years of her marriage, she doted on her nieces and nephews, and they even had a special nickname for her, Aunt Rusi. In 1951, Ruth and Bill had their first child, David. Sadly, he would die from sudden infant death syndrome, as you can imagine, they were heartbroken, but a child would find its way into their life via adoption. In those days, when children were born without a family to care for them, doctors would often help social services to find the child a home. This is how my Aunt Catherine came to be a member of the Connor family. The doctor that had delivered David brought her to 600 Sheridan with him for dinner, and the rest, as they say, is history. By 1955, my Aunt Janet and my mother, Mary Beth, were born, rounding out the nuclear family to five. My grandmother was a working mother. This was rare for the 1950s and 1960s, to have a mom, uh, to have a mom that worked full-time. She took a break from her work life when her children were really little, but once my mom was in first grade, Grandma went back to work. I think that she had grown accustomed to working, and she liked having her own career, and she liked being able to provide for her family. She worked really hard and saved so that she could give my mom and her sisters a life that she never had as a child. And though her choices were limited because A, she was a woman, and B, she only had an 8th grade education, uh, before she was a mom, she was working at a makeup counter at Meese Brothers department store, and she taught women how to apply makeup properly, kind of like what we think of as the Clinique counter today at Macy's. Uh, Meese Brothers was a very well-distributed chain throughout the Midwest, and it no longer exists. I think they actually got bought by Macy's in the 1970s, or maybe even before that. But anyway, when she returned to work in 1961, she took a job as a receptionist for a local bank, and she retired from there in 1977. Ruth was a very capable domestic. She kept a meticulous house, and my mother would always say that you could eat off grandma's floor. This is something that came up several times and most of my other family members' memories of Ruth is how clean she kept everything, how great her taste was for interior decor. Grandmothers are famously known for their tacky and sometimes awful taste. This was never the case for Ruth. She kept everything classic and radiated elegance. When Ruth's nephew Roger would visit with his children, Mike and Annie, they called it going to their Holiday Inn because she would give them the most elegant bedroom in the house, and it was always a special treat going to Aunt Rusie's when his children were young. And he's re he recalls these times with Aunt Rusie as some of the best. So many memories like this came out of the project. Stories of holidays and grandma playing hostess with the mostess, 
This is from my cousin Doug, one of Ruth's nephews. I remember a few Thanksgivings spent at 600 Sheridan Street, mostly when my dad was working at the firehouse. What really comes to mind, though, is Christmas Eve and most New Year's Days spent at 600. All the Connors would gather to spread cheer and love. Aunt Ruth always had an amazing spread of food and snacks. Everything was in its place, and there was plenty of it. The table of food could have been in a a picture in Good Housekeeping magazine. The inside of the house had Christmas decor everywhere. When they added onto the house, the men would spend a lot of time in the garage on New Year's Day, and Uncle Bill would set up a table and chairs and even put a TV out there so we could watch the Rose Bowl game. One year, we watched as hometown and Danville High School alum Nate Cunningham played in the game. Aunt Ruth would come out to the garage every 30 minutes or so to see if anybody needed anything. Nate intercepted a pass to close out the first half of, and all the men were yelling. And I remember Aunt Ruth, Mom, and Aunt Margie all running to the garage thinking something was wrong. Aunt Ruth was by far the best hostess and party planner in the Connor family. Thanks, Doug. Doug's sister, Chris, recalls a holiday, she couldn't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, that Aunt Ruth was cooking another meal for supper after the huge holiday meal. Janet came to our house for a few minutes and was telling my mom that her mom was finishing a roast for the evening. She said that they were so full from the holiday meal that they did not want anything but were going to eat some because it was important to her mom. That was your grandma always wanting to make sure everyone left with a full stomach. I remember this, and it was a Christmas day, and both of my aunts were in town, and so my grandmother had pulled out all the stops. This was the fanciest Christmas we ever had, and after that supper, no one could move. I think that we all stayed the night that night because everyone was so full. (laughs) What I think made my grandma such an amazing hostess wasn't just her ability to set a dazzling table or somehow make sure that she was able to chat with people while attending to their every need. It was that she had an amazing eye for detail, but this does not mean that she communicated in detail. She would find recipes and then she would change them to better fit her taste or to use a different technique that she thought, oh, this technique will work better. The problem with this is that she didn't write anything down. And I know some of her recipes just through practice. And also my Aunt Janet got my grandmother to dictate some of her recipes to her while Grandma was still alive. And Grandma passed away when I was 11 in 1996. And when my mom was going through grandma's old recipe cards, she noticed that most of the cards only contained half of the steps. I'm going to include some of my grandmother's most famous recipes on my website, HaleyForney.com. You can just go to the Best People show notes and peruse some of her recipes. One that I think is especially unique to our family Thanksgiving tradition is carrot casserole. And I've never seen it served at another Thanksgiving. So often, in our celebrity-obsessed culture, we forget to tell the stories of real people, the people that inspire us in our lives that aren't famous. I feel that these people and their stories are important. 
They help us to become whoever it is that we're going to be. Grandparents, parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, they all help form our stories in ways that make them unique to us. And though I know my grandmother was not a famous celebrity like Julia Child or Martha Stewart, she was famous in our family and our community for doing some of the same things. So though there may be no awards given out in her name (laughs) or cookware with her face on it, You can help immortalize my grandmother by enjoying your Thanksgiving dinner as the Ruth Cotter Memorial Dinner, by making sure everyone has more than enough to eat, that the linens are pressed, and that the table is set properly. I'm Haley Forney, and you've been listening to Best People. I'd like to thank my Aunt Janet and my cousins Doug, Chris, and Roger for contributing their memories to this episode. And also I'd like to thank my Aunt Janet for sending me several of my grandmother's recipes. I'd also like to thank my mom for being my fact checker on this. Uh, I would text her and ask her if I was remembering things correctly and she would confirm or say, no, you, you have the dates wrong or whatever, but thanks mom. I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Until next time, bon appetit!